starting up with VirtuZone on Dubai Eye 103.8. Here we all are then. It's a Thursday. It's one o'clock and that can mean only one thing. It is starting up with VirtuZone one through till two every Thursday. We own this hour on the airwaves across the UAE and further afield and we are Back once again with the renegade master, not really, actually just the chairman uh, of uh, Virtue Zone, Mr. Neil Petch, is alongside me. Uh, Mr. P, good week. It's taken 15 years of building Virtue Zone to the point where I get to taste ice cream and pretend it's in the name of business. Um, I'm so my life is fulfilled, Tom. You are, you are, you're precursoring a guest of, uh, who we're going to introduce in a few moments' time. The reason being that we have just been, uh, we've just been handed some handcrafted ice cream for tasting. And why am I excited about this? A, because we're going to, uh, we're going to be at some point consume ice cream um, in just the next few moments. B, because only. Because uh, Virtue Zone are in the studio, am I allowed to eat in studio? Otherwise, it's complete ban. You see, we, o- we open studio. doors that others <laughs> simply cannot reach. We can make tax sexy. We can make <laughs> non-creamy creamy. Uh, we are looking forward to this one. What on earth are they talking about? Uh, people are asking out there, worry not. Because today we're talking about impact investing. Okay? So... It's a phrase I hadn't heard of until this morning. I put my hands up. But uh, impact investing is basically putting your money into companies that have a social and environmental purpose while bringing in financial returns at the same time. Look, it's a growing sector. It's a growing area. According to researchermarkets.com, global impact investing market grew from $421 billion in 2022 to $496 billion this year. By 27, it's expected to hit the $956 billion mark. So an extraordinary growth in the market. Have you seen, have you seen a growth in this in particular area, Mr. P? I think so much growth, it makes me want to put my little finger to my mouth in an Austin Powers-like manner. <laughs> Uh, this time next year. Uh, right. Today for our success spotlight, which is how we kick things off every single week here on Starting Up with Virtue Zone, we're meeting a serial impact entrepreneur who's invested in a number of companies that are making a difference here in the UAE and wider afield. He's also been named as one of Forbes 30 under 30. It's a welcome to the Dubai Eye Studio to Matteo Boffa. Matteo, thanks so much indeed for being with us. Uh, thank you for your time this afternoon. Thank you so much for the invite. Impact investor. Um, that, is, that is your title. That is what you are. And now, of course, serial impact investor. Is, am, I being, am I being unfair here or is this a new sector of investment or re- relatively new? To be honest, for me, it's um, relatively new. Um, I'm not a sustainability expert or environmental expert. You know, I used to be a very boring Swiss banker. Um, and I came to the UAE and started my first venture, which failed miserably. And after I decided to put all my saving in different startups um, that has a positive social and environmental impact in the, in, in the environment and uh, in, the, in the people. Um, it's relatively new and I think it's growing. And the fact is that you can actually make money out of it. So it's a win-win for, for everybody. So just explain to our listeners out there, and obviously we're going to be, uh, be speaking to, to one of those firms that you've invested in in just a few moments' time. But give us an idea of the sort of ventures that you've been getting involved in. 
So I'm very proud to announce that I'm a cricket farmer in Mexico. So I recently invested in a company which farmed crickets and transformed it into flour. And the flour became pet food, uh, pasta, bread. I'm, I'm glad you, you, you qualified that it's the, the insect cricket because you've got two cricket fans here going, yes, they're off to Mexico to play cricket. <laughs> no, no, cricket, the, the chapulín, the, the little cricket. And um, food security, I think, is the, is the future. It's like veganism probably 15 years ago. Um, I own a shoe company, which is a vegan shoe company in India. And and fantastic ice cream company here in the UAE. And from the social impact, I was first investor in Zofer, one of the most successful startups in the, in the region, uh, which grew very fast. So it's not just related to environment, but as well to make life of people better. Does it have to have uh, an impact? Does it have to have a, a social and a meaningful impact? Or if you get an opportunity that is too good to be true, uh, do, you have, do you sort of balance your portfolio? Yes, to be honest, um, I always wanted to invest in a, a laundry company. I don't know, I have some Italian roots in my past. So the movies where the, the big boss uh, always owned a laundry. So I invested in a laundry company, uh, which is doing pretty, pretty good. Um, I tried to do 95% of my investment in uh, impactful startup. Mm. Uh, listen, we want to find out more about some of the uh, organizations that you are. I mean, and again, before we introduce uh, Riwa, let's just, um, I mean, how do you quantify impactful as well? Because there must be uh, would be companies that you come across and go, OK, but how much are they going to be able to impact? Do you have a sort of scale of which you look at companies? You know, my pockets are not that deep so yep. i enter in investing in very early stage prototype level and um for me 51 percent of the success of the company is based on the founders that's why i decided for example to invest in in riva's company um impactful it's very difficult to calculate it's not empiric uh you have to have the feeling and the transparency which the the, the startup is handling um the distribution uh, the social impact with the workers, the, the, the salary that they pay, it's all factors that contribute in, the, in my decision making. But I have to say, uh, the final decision maker in, in the investment is my wife that does like the uh, uh, arena gladiator style, yes, no, after we meet the, the, the founder. So she, she's the one with the magic touch. Well, one person who got the thumbs up uh, on this one was, of course, uh, Rewa Khan, who is the uh, woman, the brains, the fire, the fact, the creative genius behind Majama, an ice cream brand that is made right here in the UAE. Uh, uh, Rewa, thank you so much indeed for coming into the studio. Thanks for joining us. And thanks for bringing ice cream as well. Of course. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. You can always come back. So before <laughs> we do the taste test, uh, Majama. Uh, tell us about it. Give us the elevator pitch and, what, pitch and what sets you apart from other ice cream brands. So Majama is a homegrown in Dubai and all of our ice creams are 100% dairy-free, refined sugar-free, gluten-free, natural, as well as a minimal ingredient. So for example, the mango ice cream, which I've got for you guys, has only five ingredients and the maximum would be, let's say, 11 and really, it was just born out of my passion for gut health as well as food. Like, I'm a massive foodie. And, um, you know, I, for me, really, the most important thing is to bring joy and satisfaction into people's lives, especially those who are lactose intolerant. For example, I was one of them. I couldn't really indulge in ice cream without having, like, negative health consequences. And just proving to people that... Dairy-free and natural can be just as, if not 
more delicious than regular ice cream. The beauty of having a co-presenter and a co-host in events like this is that I do get to try the Choco Choco Light Dynamite. Choco Lit. Choco Lit Dynamite. Okay, so... You taste, you. I'll talk, okay, Tom. How, you, no, how no, about that? No, so no, Tom is moving the spoon towards his mouth. Yeah, you can commentate my it looks, ice cream taste. It looks delicious. I jumped ahead and I tried the mango and passion fruit. And it's, it's not crystally like a lot of vegan ones that I have tried. Mm-hmm. And it's really rather delicious. Thank you. So uh, actually, because I was talking to Chris Fade the other day, who has a, a line of products as mm. well, and, and he really tries to emphasize on the low in sugar mm. and, and so on and so on. And the way that, that products are listed, it's, it hides from the consumer a little bit. So the fact that you only have between five and 11, that's fantastic because that, that's transparent, right? And yes. nice and easy to, to, yes, to know. Yes, 100%. We're actually coming out with um, an updated version of our packaging, which is going to highlight that, you know, this ice cream has just five ingredients or 11 ingredients. Yeah. How is... How is it's delicious. Thank you. It's Thank absolutely you delicious. Much. And apologies if I've got it all over my mouth and like <laughs> that. Um, it is absolutely de- delicious. But how is it making a difference as well? As we're talking impact. How is Majama making a difference? So I think there's a lot that needs to change within the dessert and specifically ice cream category. Um, The kind of ice cream that people consume today, you know, there's about 30 to 40 ingredients maybe, and they're listed at the back of the ice cream in like size size font number two, where Mm. people can't even read it. They don't even know what they're eating. And of course, that's something that we're tackling with Majama. But of course, also from a sustainability aspect, I believe that, you know, so many more people are going towards veganism and avoiding dairy and avoiding like any animal-based products. And um, you know, because of environmental factors. So this ice cream delivers on that. And how do you research it? How do you, how do you go about getting something that tastes this good? So actually, I, I would have to say that this comes from my grandmother. So one side of my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, made ice cream for us when we were kids back home in India. She would make it, she would hand make it, she would hand churn it and, you know, feed it to us and feed it to the neighborhood. And then my paternal grandmother is a also a massive foodie who at this age, she's about 78, she's experimenting with like... Thai curries, how to make Thai curries. And she's, of course, Indian. The only thing she knows how to make is Indian food. And she's out there trying to make Thai paste from scratch, which is actually very difficult to get. It's very difficult to balance the flavor. So I think I got it from there because I have to say my mother does not cook. She doesn't know much about food. So it's come directly from my grandmother's and experimenting in the kitchen and creating food, cooking is something that I just love to do. So this ha- this started when I was actually in university and I was suffering with a lot of digestive distress from consuming food from regular, you know, regular diet like dairy, gluten, sugar. And it was when I decided to cut those out of my diet that I um, began experimenting with desserts that didn't have those ingredients yeah. and that's how I created it. Question for you. Actually, I'm loving this too much. Do you, can, we, can I try yours you, if you try mine? Is you, that right? You try away. Okay, so I, hang I, on. I, listen, I, whilst, I, you're, whilst you're trying, I've got one for Massio. Okay, well, I'll, I'll come over and get Part you. of the research, <laughs> obviously, is doing what we're doing at the moment, which is passing ice cream to one another. You said you started a business, lost all your money, 
whatever you manage to scrimp and save, you put into startups. Now, early stage, yes, you don't need to put so much money mm-hmm. in, but it's high risk, right? Yeah, so it's super high risk. What was yeah. your algorithm? Because it's obviously worked. Um, the story, like what uh, Riva just mentioned, uh, make me actually, give me actually goosebumps. And I love to invest in people and in believing in people. And I'm not a big doer, uh, I have to say. I was not a good employee. I was not a good student. And um, I don't love much to do, but I love to connect and uh, believe in, in, in people. And I don't have much knowledge as well in, in different businesses. And I love cool uh, things like mm-hmm. ice cream, laundry, insect uh, food. So uh, it's a gamble and it's uh, most of the time went wrong, but I had few gems that uh, make the profits and give me the Just opportunity. Just letting the invest. listeners know there are no crickets in this ice cream. No We've got to go for a quick break, okay? <laughs> but the good news is Matteo and Rio are going to stay with us, so that's okay. That is delicious. You can um, the the mango. I just tried the mango. That is that's my personal favorite. That is off the scale. That's absolutely delicious. Listen, we will continue this conversation and this ice cream eating session in just a few moments' time. Starting up with Virtue Zone uh, eating ice cream. This is starting up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone business set up with no regrets on Dubai Eye One Hundred Three Point Eight. Welcome back to Starting Up uh, with myself, Tom Urquhart, Neil Petch alongside us as well. Starting up with Virtue Zone, Thursdays 1 through till 2. We're talking about impact investing or investing with a purpose. Serial Impact Entrepreneur Matteo Boffer is with us. And also uh, Riwa Khan, the founder of the ice cream brand Majama, which we have just been, um, uh, well, uh, indulging ourselves in. We've now handed that to the team in the green room as well. But it's a good product, is it not, Mr. Neil? It's a great product. And... So we're enjoying eating and we're learning about business as well so through multitasking. Question to, to, to you, Matteo. I mean, we just, we, we, you know, Neil asked you in part this, but just before. But what was it about the Jama brand that really caught yours and your wife's attention? So we met during the World Championship Entrepreneurship here in, the, in Dubai. And um, I was one of the judges of the competition and rewind the... Uh, brother came on stage and basically they presented the concept very like five minute pitch they give us the, the the ice cream so i was able to taste during the pitch and i fall in love with the with the idea the story and uh, you know at the end of the day they didn't really won the competition uh, they didn't even qualify for the final if i remember correctly mm-hmm. uh, but up to now they are the only one that were able to get funding so uh, you know i'm not a tech person i don't really invest in tech company um but what Riva presented was um, a solution, um, a vegan ice cream, was a passion behind. So this is what, what uh, made me decide to invest. So question to you, Riva, as well, because I get it from the, from the investor's point of view. But from the company's point of view, I mean, was it important that you trusted what Matteo was doing as well? Um, it was it important and imperative to you? You found an investor who shared your goals and vision? A hundred percent. I think... Um I mean, that goes without saying for sure that we align on our values, we align on our vision, and he he understands what we're doing and what we're about and where we want to go with it. it was very important for us. Mm. Um, let's get some more uh, thoughts coming through because we had uh, a couple of questions coming through as well. Um, fulfillment. How fulfilling is it to run a business and invest in one 
that aims to reduce harm and make a difference? That was a question that came through from Antonia this morning. Do send your questions on 4001. Is fulfillment part of the part of the reason? A hundred percent. It's extremely fulfilling. Um, You know, just this morning, actually, I received a message from one of my customers on Instagram and it was just one line and it said, this is the best ice cream I've ever had in words of my dairy eating husband, dairy eating ice cream husband. And I was just like, you know, this this is it. This is this is what. It's all about receiving that positive feedback and slowly changing the perception for people, showing them that this is delicious and you don't have to compromise at the same time. Do you share that fulfillment? Yeah, for, for, for sure. And from an investor point of view, it's, uh, it's, it's what makes uh, me happy is the success of the founder and the success of the product or the service. So that's, that's for me. Uh, hearing this success story makes me proud of uh, what I'm doing. And again, it's a lot of small venture that contribute to, to my happiness. It can joy. be a double-edged sword because impact, you know, Tom's just learned it, but it opens doors, it gets you in, it's, it's interesting, but it also probably comes with a degree of cynicism. Remember Tom said to you, what if a brilliant opportunity comes up that's not in the impact space, do you ignore it? So some people are going to think, oh, the returns aren't so great, just the same as some people are going to think, yeah, vegan ice cream's good for me, but it's not going to taste as good. So you've got to overcome that uh, barrier, that mental barrier. And it seems as if the two of you have done it here. What's, what's the future hold for Majum? The reason I ask that is because, you know, you haven't, you haven't heard a, a bad comment around the table here. And it sounds like, you know, you're having that impact and it is a good product, uh, which will therefore mean more people want it, which will therefore mean scaling and the potential of more investment and more profits, etc., which therefore you start running the risk of going, oh, can I get too big too quick as well and go away from my true value? Is that is that something that you think about? It is definitely something that I think about, but I think that the quality of the product and the reason why I started it will always be at the forefront of everything we do, even if that means scale, you know, manufacturing it in a way, in a large scale where we keep that control, we keep that quality control um, is always going to be important. Yeah. Mm. I, I mean, just the, the, the subject of the monetization of a product like this as well. And a lot of people go, hang on, you know, let's not talk about it. Let's talk about the impact it's having. But you're an investor. That's, that's your bread and butter or your ice cream on this occasion. So how important is that? And again, looking at sort of the future for the brand and future investment. No, the, the, the scaling of the business has to be there from, from, from day one. Uh, I have the luck to have... A, backed by other bigger investors that say, okay, Matteo, you put your money. If you lose your money, thank you. I don't, I don't, we don't want to hear anything more about this business. If it succeeds, we are there to um, put a bigger, a bigger ticket. Um, what is the advantage for me is that I enter at a lower valuation and as soon as the bigger investor comes in, I double, triple uh, my, my investment. Um, of course, this is the value that I bring to the business where I invest and that's why I was able to decrease as well the valuation of Majama when I enter at the early stage. Um, return of investment is important. In impact um, startups can be a bit longer than in other sectors, uh, but the reward is, is bigger, in my opinion. Patience. Do you allow other people to come in and join, if you like, a fund, an impact fund through you? Um, we are a group of angel investors from uh, India, Germany, Switzerland, France. Um, and when there is an opportunity coming up, uh, we share in our group and we say, okay, it's something that we can 
invest, yes, no. We co-invest or sometimes only one person invest. We share knowledge in different sectors and expertise. Um, so, yeah, the more the better. And, of course, the more money you bring on the table, the lower valuation you can enter in, this, in the company. I think this is one of the things that Dubai is trying to achieve. You know, if you're in Silicon Valley, you know that you're going to see lots of great inventions and business ideas, and you know that the money is is around. Now, I think Dubai has a, a, a an iconic, you know, money is available to spend here. The streets are paved with gold, but it's finding the deal flow as well, isn't it? Which yep. is one of the challenges that you as an, an investor have. I think in this region, you have a lot of philanthropic capital available. Uh, people that are tired of putting the money in the bank, in crypto or in uh, yeah. like real estate, and they want to do something good and give something back to the society. So in impact startups, it's actually easier to collect capital uh, from uh, investor or again, I'm not talking about VC or a large corporation, but uh, angel level. Listen, guys, we're out of time on this occasion, but can't thank you enough. A um, lot of people are getting in touch with us on the back of this one, um, and, and with good reason as well. It's a great story, uh, and we can't thank you enough for sharing it with us. I can't let you go, though, without uh, a little of a sort of call, a shout-out for all things Majama. So, at Rewa, uh, how do people uh, taste the extraordinary uh, flavours that both Neil and I have just tasted, and the rest of the team out there have just polished off as well? Where's Majama available? So, um, wherever you are in Dubai, in Abu Dhabi, it can reach you in 20-25 minutes if you order via Noon, Kareem, um, Talabat or Deliveroo. Um, or you can follow us on Instagram and stay up to date with all of our events and pop-ups. You know, we're going to be doing Taste of Dubai, Formula One. We also do weekends at Al Sarkal. So you, you guys can always come by then. And what's next for the brand? So I think continuing to expand um, in our in our existing channels, more hotels, restaurants, cafes, and um, some more brand partnerships, and then you know through the GCC, and um, continuing to grow, and probably through retail as well. Um, we can't thank you enough. Thanks so much indeed for coming on in. Uh, if people you. want to find out more about it, socials, is that the yes, best thing? Yes, on our Instagram would be the best place. Yes. M-A-J-A-M-A, correct? Yes, correct. Uh, and that's Brian Majama. What about Brian Boffa as well? What's next for Mateo? Um, finding new opportunity of investment is always my, my goal. And, people uh, come to you or you go to people? No, usually people come to me. I receive around 10 pitch deck a, a week. And uh, yeah, I, I always love to, to find cool and different businesses. So Where, where, do, they send those, when the, where do they send those pitches uh, to? Mostly LinkedIn, yeah. Get, in, and get in, tel, in touch with Matteo via LinkedIn and others. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for, for your time us. this Thank afternoon. You. Really kind of you to both join us live here in studio. Uh, starting up with Virtue Zone, I've got uh, the chairman of Virtue Zone, Mr. Neil Petch, alongside us. You're listening to Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone. Business setup with no regrets on Dubai Eye 103.8. Hey, welcome back to Starting Up. Uh, this is Starting Up with Virtue Zone. Myself and Neil Petch with you through till two o'clock this afternoon. This final half hour, we are answering your questions for this particular segment. We're joined by the commercial director of Virtue Zone. It is GT himself, Gary Thompson. Gary, lovely to have you here in studio. Welcome. Thank you, Tom. It's a pleasure to make my debut. The debut on, on this on this particular show. It's great to have you here. We, we, it's, we called him off the bench. Is that right? That's absolutely the case. But it's no longer a bench. It's actually, you know, they're, they're finishers. 
Ah, or even better oh. at something than the ones that start. So is, is, is Gary? Gary's the bomb squad. Is he? Is he's the he, he's, exactly? Are, he is. He is the commercial guru par excellence. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, listen, busy I from the best. Busy times. He's uh, uh, been so in great form recently. He's playing at. He's playing a blinder. So I brought him into the, the fold here. No stranger to the studios down here are at ARN as well. Busy times for all things uh, Virtue Zone at the moment. Obviously, we were celebrating uh, the embracing of all things tax this time last week. How's things? You're, wear, you're wearing your colours on your sleeves. Indeed, indeed. Been a busy one? It has indeed, yeah. It's been a very, very interesting time. Um, obviously, a lot of things are changing and there's a lot of misinformation and misunderstanding, so we're really trying our best to educate um, and let everyone know their responsibilities. Listen, you mentioned the word educate there, and that's part and parcel of what Virtue Zone does and has always done for what last 15 16 years now 15 years tom 15 years uh, and kicking as well um is the education message getting across or does the education message evolve i'm sort of thinking you know we've been through the ups and the downs over those 15 years haven't we neil with financial crises and uh, and geopolitical crises and covid crises etc does the sort of landscape of setting up change at all during times it does actually gary's a really good example because we started i'd like to think great marketeers and what we've been trying to do the last couple of years as for example tax comes in you need to have a better understanding and and a brilliant example i got an email from someone in my company saying neil are you tax ready which given it's my slogan i thought that they were teasing me and then gary started to educate me on neil Let's look at your company structure that you have. Are you as efficient as you should? Have you thought about A, B, and C? And he's a brilliant example. He does run the commercial side, but it's actually the knowledge that he has that gives me immediate sense of trust that Mm. I'm in good hands. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to have more knowledge so that we're able to provide a, a better holistic solution. And, and I think that's what the market uh, needs now. You've, Gary, brought, um, uh, well, joining us in studio is is the owner of a company um, that you helped to set up. Is that right? Yes, in very, very interesting times. And it's one that I won't really forget. I don't want to, I'll let Joe can tell the story. But um, yes, it was right in the midst of COVID, a very, very bold move. Um, The only person that was in our office when we actually um, set the company up, the notary had to get a pass, we had to get a pass, he came to the office. Um, so at a very, very, very risky time, Joachim set up a company and is now very, very successful. So just talk us through that. So you set up a company during COVID-19 lockdown. Yes. How was that even physically possible? So we, we found a way. Um, so we, we, had to, we, we had to apply for passes to get to the office. Um, we had to arrange for a notary public to come to the office. So we did the... Um, Masked up and everything, I'm assuming. Yes, masks on yeah. and the whole lot. Right when everyone was really, really suspicious about it before it blew over, um, and completely masked up. Only people on Shakeside Road, only people in the office. Um, arranged things to get it done, and we we set the company up. And Joachim started when everyone was kind of in lockdown, and that was. Two, three years ago? Two, three years ago, yeah, I think it was. Fast forward to today, company now employs hundreds of employees across several businesses. We are talking about the K4 Group. Their CEO is Joachim Kilstrom, who joins us live here in studio. Joachim, thanks so much indeed for being with us. Hi, Tom. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, K4 Group, what's the main business? Uh, so, main business is contracting, fit-out and uh, maintenance. 
And what about, I mean, you've just been taken down memory lane by your good friend uh, Gary there as well. I mean, you were in COVID. Everyone was in lockdown. What were you thinking trying to set up a business? Yeah, yeah. Like Gary said, it was... uh, I remember when I drove to the Virtue Zone office that time, and uh, it was from Dubai Marina on Shakeside Road, and there was only one car on Shakeside Road. That was my car. <laughs> I was thinking, looking at all the buildings, it was quite dark, and I was thinking, maybe this is not such a good idea. But uh, I don't know. It worked really well with um, Gary. I think Gary, I was very pushy, and Gary was very pushy, and uh, somehow... Um, uh, well, it's interesting. I mean, a point. Sorry to interrupt, but the point that just Gary just made there is that you know, at Virtue Zone, we make things happen. We try yeah. and find a way. Um, and whereas a lot of people would have looked at COVID lockdown as well, there's no point in me even trying because I'm not going to be able to do it. They were, and you were willing to do that as well. So, is that part of your mindset that you were like, look, I want to get my business started so that as soon as we are out of these lockdowns, I can hit the floor running. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I wanted to do something. I was sitting at home. We, we started as a maintenance business, sort of, because that was one of the businesses you could operate mm. during the lockdown. It was considered an essential business. If your AC was not working, you, you need to get it fixed, right? Uh, and uh, Virtuson was the only company capable of actually getting the company up and running. I mean... We, 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 you just told a small part of the story, but all the issues, you know, with registering the office and getting those papers linked to the uh, the company license and so on, because no one was, even the, most of the government offices were, were down at that time. I suppose there's, uh, although it's two very different companies, you yeah. probably share attributes because fitting out, whether it be a villa or an office, I, and I can speak for myself, I'm definitely not going to be competing with you because I've, I've been on a villa project for a year now and yeah. I've got no idea when it's going to finish. So your business will absolutely fail if you don't turn things around yeah. quickly and yeah. efficiently. So that's understanding the process and being able to do it, which is the same as Gary has to deliver when he's helping you set up your company. Yeah, yeah. I mean, solving problems. Yeah. Uh, uh, and nothing was as it's supposed to be at that time. I mean, it was really, uh, uh, you had to be quite creative, I think, because it was not the normal systems that we typically use. And uh, the digital platform was uh, was working. Yeah, I mean, you, mm. you know that better than me who did everything. But uh, uh, sitting here today, it's, it's so nice to look back at that time when... Uh, but Joachim, listen, we prefer to be in the background. It's about, you yeah. know, we, we, our, our job is, is to help you focus on your business. Yeah. There's a lot of investors listening to this show mm. who see things, you know, see villas being modernized on the palm and so on and recognize that there are a lot of people making a lot of money, but they're not. They don't know how to do it. They don't have the expertise. Is that something that K4 offers to to people yeah we we work with uh, a lot of investors and for that purpose we we redevelop existing villas like you said on the palm and uh, and put them back on the market and uh, i'm i'm sure most a lot of people have heard it's a big topic in the market today we we have a lot of real estate in dubai that was built you know 15 years back and it needs uh, a bit of a revamp so uh, yeah 
We're going to ask you boys to stay with us, if that's all right. Uh, Gary and you're going to stick around. We will be uh, finding out more about all things K4, but also answering your questions in Company Clinic next. This is Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone. Business set up with no regrets. On Dubai Eye 103.8. On the home run, or in the home run at the moment here, starting up with on, with Virtue Zone on a Thursday. Uh, Neil and Tom with you through till two o'clock. And we're joined by the commercial director of Virtue Zone, Gary Thompson. And alongside he, uh, a friend and, of course, a client, CEO of K4 Group, uh, Joachim Kilstrom, is with us here as well. Um, just in terms of the business, uh, Joachim, looking at you know where you're at at the moment, what's next for the K4 group. We were talking about the fact that you saw tough times, got set up uh, very much at the sort of at the heart of the COVID crisis that we were going through, which I'm assuming sort of put you on the front foot as soon as we got back to business as usual, whatever business as usual as it was after COVID. Where are you at now and what's next? Uh, yeah, so uh, um, um, as of now, we... Uh, we are quite a big um, development team, so to say, in in uh, in the redevelopment of of houses. We're about 320 people now, and that's something we want to continue growing. And uh, we want to establish ourselves as a, um, a recognized uh, redevelopment uh, actor in the market, where. Mm-hmm you know, design that stands out and really appeals people. Our idea has always tried to be do, to do something a little bit different that, that stands out. And, um, yeah, we hope that we, we reach a point where our uh, our brand really become recognized and it's not just a renovated villa, but it's a, a, a recognized product. And Gary, to that point, I mean... <laughs> You know, we, we, we were talking about the setup and the times during COVID-19 as well. You were talking about, you know, trying to find ways around situations as well. Is there also a sort of education uh, process in terms of the setup, the managing of expectations of clients? Absolutely, because um, often at times you're told that you can't do a certain thing or on one day it's possible and the next day it's not. And sometimes it's actually hard to explain that to a client, that rules can essentially change overnight or something may change for the better, something may change for the worst. It, it is quite funny looking back at the initial conversations because I think Joachim says he was pushy, but I think it was quite obvious to me that Joachim was driven. So when he was told no by me or when I was told no by the, the authorities, he was pushing me to get it done. And I think that, that kind of showed that... Um, he was going to be successful. Like sometimes so that, you do. Gary, that's a question actually. I'd like to throw at you because you're, you're, you and your team are setting up about 500 companies a month. Joachim comes across as humble but focused. You've mentioned driven. What are the things that uh, that, that stand out to you when someone comes in that that says, as you said to me off air, uh, I, I knew this guy was going to succeed, and on the other side, the ones where you're like, mm, guys, maybe don't invest in that. Um, I think when when someone comes in and they've got a clear plan, like they've identified the need, um, they've got passion in what they do, they have a a business plan, they have an idea, and they're doing it in adverse times. Like not many people would have taken the risk that Joachim did, but at the time he did it, it was a very, very substantial, uh, sorry, a very, very good risk that he took. Um, But you obviously can't predict the future. Mm. Um, But... Sometimes you have people come in and they they have grand ideas and grand plans and 
they want the cheapest possible license and all they focus on is things being the cheapest and the price that rather than what they actually need long term to grow as a business. Um, Joachim had made it very clear at the beginning he was going to be hiring a lot of people. Um, he planned to grow the business as quickly as he possibly could and he wanted to have the correct option that would allow him to work during COVID as well as grow to be a large company. Gents, we are out of time on this occasion. Uh, we've got to start playing music, which may, mainly means we have to leave the studio uh, because other people are coming in. Not, though, before uh, we do a quick shout-out for all in studio. First and foremost, our special guest, Joachim Kilstrand, the CEO of K4 Group. If people want to get in touch with you, if people want a renovation, uh, Joachim, what do they do? How do they get in touch with you? Uh, easiest is to visit our website, k4.ae, and uh, all the details are there. Really appreciate you coming yeah, in. Thanks so thank much you indeed. So much. Uh, big thanks to you as well, Gary. Love the fact that you know you've continued that relationship with. Yeah, a lot of people think starting up, that's it. Get them started up, leave them. No, see, they stay friends. That's what happens, isn't it? A VZ uh, constantly following up. If people are interested to get in touch, uh, GT, what do they do with the team? Uh, they they can call us. They can visit vz.ae. They can email us. Uh, they can reach us on any social media. Uh, they can listen to the radio. <laughs> you'll hear about us. You'll get in touch, and you can contact me or one of our team, and we're happy to help. Good on you. Bless you. Thanks so much indeed for coming in. Um, you played a blinder today. Available for selection in the future. Maybe, as long as I'm not injured. I'll talk to the manager. All right. Uh, Mr. Petch, thank you very much indeed, as always. Learning from my bench, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Neil and I will be back at this time next week, so make sure you join us for that. Big thank you to each and every one of you. Hashtag be your own boss. Uh, Do reach out to VirtuZone for any questions you might have. They will answer those 24-7. See you next week. Bye-bye.